0: top story let's get right to it the push towards a vaccination passport and I use that term loosely it means a lot of different things to a lot of people but some kind of provincial vaccination proof of a double vax is continuing to gain steam we have various individual companies you know Strip clubs, and I know that there's a lot of you out there like I'm not going. I don't not going there. What does it bother me? But that is, you know, maybe the the canary in the stripped coal mine, maybe, of of what is coming in a lot of different places is people. You know, as different companies say, well, look, we want to protect our staff. We want to protect you. You're going to have to show us that you have been double vaxxed. Well, the chief medical officer health, um, for this province. Dr. Kieran Moore asked about this yesterday. Here's the quote. A passport for within Ontario has not been contemplated by this government, not even on the table from the, for the provincial government. And when asked further about this, a spokesperson for the health minister said that Ontarians actually have the ability to download or print out a electronic COVID-19 vaccine receipt. You've, if you've had your double vaccine, you know you got one, right? You can print that thing out if you want should you need to have proof of vaccination. But could we not make this more streamlined? On the line, Maxwell Smith, who's a bioethicist and a member of Ontario's Vaccine Task Force and an associate professor at Western. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on. Would a vaccination passport, and we can quibble over the terminology, but would would that not help drive further uptake of the vaccine in this province?
1: It could. I mean, the issue here is we actually don't have a lot of evidence about uh, how these work and whether they actually would uh, lead to further uptake. We've seen other jurisdictions like Israel put them into place and, and have since expired, but we don't really know if this will do the trick of getting uptake. And part of the issue there is. You know, on the one hand, we're thinking vaccination is good. We want more people to be vaccinated. So it kind of seems like a no brainer that if you have a passport that will compel people to go out and get the shot. But we also know that there's lots of practical limitations to how these work. And we also know that putting in measures like that that seem to compel people a little bit more to act in a particular way could actually threaten vaccine confidence and actually increase hesitancy. So it might actually end up evening out at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Can you explain that for me? Because I, I've heard that counter argument to what has happened in France. France obviously imposed a, a bunch of, you know, restrictions. You got to be double vaxxed for a whole bunch of different things. And they saw a spike in uptake in vaccination rates. And And the counter argument is that, that that, as you said, might increase hesitancy. I, can you explain that for me? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know,
1: part of the, the thing that goes along with this, I think, is that when we talk about vaccine mandates or vaccine passports, No one is ever being forced to be vaccinated. So everyone will still have a choice about whether or not they're vaccinated. Um, And so really what these are, are their sort of conditions. So if you want to work in a healthcare setting, you must be vaccinated. But if you really don't believe in vaccination or don't want to be vaccinated, that's still your choice. You'll just have to accept the consequences that come along with that. And the same thing happens with vaccine passports. If you are really against vaccination for whatever reason, putting a vaccine passport in place that says you can't go to the game or to the movies, uh, people will still have that choice to say, well, I, I believe strongly in this, so I'm still not going to do it. I will simply accept those those consequences. So I think it, it, it part of this will be contextual. What you see in France might be different than what you see in Ontario. Um, so it could uh, increase vaccine uptake. I don't know by how much, but certainly I think we will still see a little bit of that hesitancy increase when we put this in place. The question is, Will it be worth it uh, to to actually have those benefits from the vaccine passport?
0: Hmm. I I fear that what we're heading towards in the province of Ontario is what we're starting to see develop, which is a kind of a patchwork, which is individual businesses saying, well, now you have to download that thing or print out that receipt that you have. And then we, you know, we have this, you know, this place expects it, but this place doesn't. Is it, is there not a benefit to having a universal rule?
1: Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head with that. I think, you know, there are good ethical reasons to support the vaccine passport, but there's a lot of concerns about their implementation. And so I really think that a lot of the, a lot of the issues or concerns we're hearing, they just need to be ironed out. And we need to think through them carefully before such a system is put in place. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't do these things. We just need to think very carefully about it. If the alternative is we just won't have a passport and then you have, as you say, this patchwork of different companies or businesses putting sort of of different requirements in place and and might differentially impact different populations, that seems worse to me because in that case, you have a sort of de facto passport, but there's no oversight or consistency in how it's applied or measures put in place to make sure it's not disproportionately disadvantaging some populations. So I think we can't just ignore this and just let this sort of play out. I think we need some sort of systematic approach to it and just make sure that we're really attentive to those ethical concerns that come along with their use.
0: And you're a member of the vaccine task force in this province, and I did um, lay out the quote from Dr. Morris. It's not being contemplated at this time. Would your advice to the government and the chief medical officer of health be to, yes, it is time to contemplate this?
1: I mean, so just first of all, the, the task force, its remit is strictly around distribution, so these questions aren't uh, within the remit of, of what we're doing with the task force. But as a bioethicist and, and expert in, in ethics and these public health decisions, I would say that either way, even if the government isn't interested in, in creating its own path, it needs to very carefully look at the, the environment of their use within this province because I think, as many will suggest, their use will be inevitable, whether it's from the government or whether it's from private corporations. And the government does play a role in either case to make sure that they're being used in an ethical and fair manner.
0: I want to come back to motivation for the vaccine hesitant. Um, what the Minister of Health has said and health officials have said in the past is that, you know, the, the loosening of restrictions is reward enough um, to get the vaccine. This was in relation to a question about vaccine lottery, that sort of thing. And what the government has now decided to do is, is to print out not only the overall vaccination rates for the province, but actually break it down by public health unit, because to get to the next step after Friday, we actually have to get 70% right across the board. Everybody's got to be at 70% minimum to, to double-vax. Is that enough of a motivation, you know, just to be able to say, well, look, oh, wait a minute, my public health unit where I live, we're lagging behind, I better go get it done.
1: It's a step. I'm not sure it's enough, but I think it's certainly a step. Uh, it's one of those things that, um, you know, with cases uh, on this downward trend, vaccinate, vaccination rates going up, it might become less front of mind for people about the importance of becoming vaccinated. Uh, if you see that in your case, though, in your public health unit or your community, actually rates are quite low within your age group and the people that you engage with, that might incentivize some people to go, go out and get vaccinated. So I see that as being an important part of the strategy, but I don't think that should be the be-all, end-all in actually getting us to those uh, those rates that we're looking for.
0: What we've seen in the United States is a, a pretty drastic jump in cases, especially in southern states where vaccine rates are low. Is, is just the fear of the virus going to be enough? Is that something perhaps the communication needs to amp up, like you are at risk?
1: Yeah, I think... I think that's right. I think with cases on the decrease and vaccination rates pretty high, right? We're in Ontario We're we're leaders in the world really in, in our vaccination uptake, uh, we can become complacent and not having that fear. It's not that we should fear monger, but we need to be realistic about the actual risk that exists for those that are unvaccinated and with the delta delta variant. it really looks like you know those that are unvaccinated are at tremendous risk of still getting sick and still transmitting this to others and still, Uh, overwhelming our health system. So we need to make sure that that message is still there um, to make sure that people are doing the sorts of things to protect themselves. Um, So I think that that is part of it. And with the summer, I think it's, you know, just like last summer, um, people may be a little bit less concerned with this. So I fear that it would take a fourth wave to really renew uh, efforts to get people to go and get vaccinated, which is unfortunate.
0: Maxwell Smith, thank you so much for your time. Please be well. Thank you, you too. That is Maxwell Smith, who is a bioethicist. He's a member of Ontario's Vaccine Task Force and also an associate professor at Western.